You're listening to the life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears. everyone. I'm Kevin McKinnon, the editor of Triathlon Magazine Canada, and I am with Phil Rockna. Hmm. Uh, what, what do I... <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Phil Rockna, of course, the dios of, uh, of triathlon knowledge and uh, broadcasting and uh, former editor of First Off the Bike and uh, still a master of all he do, does. Uh, Phil, great to be back chatting with you here. It's been a while, Kevin. It's it's nice to be here. You can see by how I'm looking with my terrible setup and my ratty beard and hair. We are in lockdown at the moment here in Victoria, and uh, I'm on the coast down here, and we are in lockdown. I think we're up to day 180, not in a row, but cumulatively, that's where we are. So I'm looking a little bit ratty. I may have to try and uh, set myself up because you, of course, look beautifully manscaped. So. Hey, it's uh, we started uh, chatting and getting this all coordinated at uh, just before 6.30. I had to be up earlier to walk the dog and get all the stuff going. So I've been going for a bit, but I hardly feel like I am uh, looking dapper or anything. But, um, <laughs> hey, uh, you, you know, it, it, it's hard to look as good as we do at the best of times. So um, we've been doing it. Yeah, there's nothing to do with this, buddy. This is the play as it lies. So uh, people, the last thing people really want is uh, to see or hear is uh, us talking about uh, ourselves and lockdown. Um, but uh, I do want to talk to you about uh, last weekend's Tri Battle Royale over in Germany in Algau uh, between Jan Frodeno and Lionel Sanders. Uh, new world best, 727 and change, and uh, Lionel... Uh, ends up getting a, a personal best, um, sort of hangs in there for that. And uh, I can tell from the look on your face, even in the dark over there, that uh, you're not quite the fan of this that some of us were. Kevin, I, I, I'm going to preface my comments because I don't want to get killed in the street here. Um, what they did was amazing. Okay, We all know Fredino, gold medalist, world champion, best athlete in the world triathlete in the world without without question in my mind. He has been the number one and he is the best athlete. He's the best prepared. He's got the best social media. He's got everything working for him. Jan is the pro's pro. He took over from Crow and he took what Crowe had and turned it up to 11. That's my feeling. Lionel's Lionel, the colonel. He gets out there and he's also one of those guys who's, you know, amazing. Now, I'm not disputing what they did was athletically amazing. But can we talk about the spirit of what they did, Kevin? I didn't love it. I'll be honest with you, mate, I, I, I completely disliked it immensely. I just think it was staged. I think it was elevated to a point. I think that there was um, – it wasn't real racing, and we'll probably come to that in a little bit with some people who may agree with me about it. Two dudes racing each other on a purpose-built course for speed. They had lines marked or tape marked on the swim. Like it was triathlon. Triathlon was born – out of a bunch of guys and sitting around going, I, I think I can do this, right? You know this. You've been doing the sport for 150 years. <laughs> <laughs> but the spirit of that is that, and, and Kona and those big events are awesome. They're single-day challenges. They're the time where you can, you know, stand up and for that one day be amazing. And we've seen amazing performances throughout the history of the sport. This is premeditated 
there was no question he was going to do what he did. The big bowl that they turned around, it was cool, I'll give you that. But everything was staged. It just seemed too staged. It was like the marathon that they did with, you know, all the paces and stuff like that. I, project. I, yeah. I didn't like that either. I just think true competition is true competition. Lionel's off by half a percent. The thing fell to pieces. He's on by a percent. But there could have been 10 other dudes out there going flat out trying to do that. So I'm not disputing Yarn is a beast. <laughs> Time is ridiculous. But is it really what we're after as sports lovers? I'll leave that with you. Just give me a thought. So, yeah, like I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I don't agree at all. I, I feel like there's room. <clears throat> I, I feel like there's room for everything. So, you know, the Sub 2 project, yeah, it was totally, you know, like everything made up. They had everything set up perfectly to go after that. And that's great. You know, as long as you go into that knowing that's what you're seeing. Um, yeah, you know, is this is this completely different to the Ironman World Championship? The one day you've got all the best guys there at their fittest going at each other? Absolutely. But this wasn't supposed to be like that. This was supposed to be, um, you know, two guys going at it. Now, you know, I found it very interesting, the addition of, of Lionel. So I believe, you know, from what I understand, um, this whole project, this is what Jan wanted to do last year. This was the follow-up to his... Um, at home triathlon where he just did it as a fundraiser and then he was going to head off to Algao and go after the world record ends up crashing on his bike and has to has to nuke all of that um, and then you know they they plan on it this year and you know I'm not sure if Zwift um, you know the title sponsor of this whole thing uh, came on and said yeah it'd be a lot more fun if we had one of our other major sponsored athletes in there or if um you know, they just decided, hey, this is going to be a much better show um, if we bring in, you know, Lionel is the is the other big name on that front, on the social media front right now. You know, you look at what he and Talbot Cox are doing on YouTube, um, you know, they're getting crazy numbers and they're doing super well and they're kind of changing that dynamic. And I also wonder, you know, if, if this is something that the PTO is looking at and going, ah, you know, this this kind of fits into our dynamic of, you know, we're, we've got a stats page where you can put people up against each other and see all this stuff. So I, I feel like this was, you know, kind of not an experiment, but just people trying something different. And, hey, why not? See, you're the kind of guy who they're looking for. I'm not. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy who's, you know, stuck in his own ways. And, I, look, and I, you, you bring a really valid point. Right? You go into this knowing that what you're going to see is what you're going to see. You know that this is going to happen. You know that it's going to be staged. You know there's going to be an outcome. Um, and so, yes, you do that. And, you know, often racing doesn't bring, you know, people are doing different tactics, et cetera, whereas Fredino's job was to set that record and go after it, and, and that's what he was. He didn't have to worry about racing Sanders because it was, you know, he kind of got rid of him early and it was, it was on from there. But in terms of what he um, was achieving, yeah, that's fine. I just think it sets us up, and I guess we're in an emerging thing. Like triathlon's in this really weird vortex at the moment, okay? We've got the PTO doing the Collins Cup. We've got, as you said, guys like Cox and, and Lionel Sanders doing some really good things. Um, small media outlets are closing, finishing up. It's all about the big players now. So the sports moved on. It's growing up. It's, it's, it's evolving from when it started. 
And, you know, we saw Wits Up shutting their doors after a decade this week, um, which was the great Australian um, yeah. website, Steph Hansen, um, dedicated to women in sport in triathlon. And for a decade, I know Steph, and, you know, you know her very well as well. We crossed the world and she did an amazing job on a shoestring. You know, like when I thought first off the bike was running lean, she was running leaner. Um, and a credit to her, and a little shout out to Steph too for the amazing job that she did. I mean, wow, what a what a trailblazer for for, for women in that sport. Um, you know, we were as first off the bike, we were threatened when she showed up. So um, we were shaking our fists as well until we learned how you know dedicated she was and what a good soul she is. But what I'm trying to say is that all this is evolving, right? Triathlon is not the little kid anymore. They're trying to shake off the the little boy pants, put on the big boy pants. This is probably part of it. I don't love it, but I understand it. I understand Swift running in with a bucket load of money. They've got all the momentum at the moment. I, I was talking to someone earlier today, remotely, wasn't breaking any COVID rules, uh, and um, she was telling me about her kid who's about to make a Victorian team and doing all these training vibes with, you know, and this is someone new to the sport where I sit there going, you know, crusty old Phil going, ah, you should be out on the bike, you know. But that's not reality, right? The sport's evolving, and you see this, Kevin, you go to all these races, um, what we're seeing here is this battle royale is an evolution and people like me either got to get on board um, and see it for what it is. It's a separate thing, but it's a marketable thing, isn't it? You said, you know, who would think that the, probably the PTO looking at it now going, well, how can we make a buck out of this and, and do we set up a bunch of different match races around the world? Yeah, well, and that, what is the Collins Cup all about, right? You got, you know, 12, is it 12 races of three? Yeah, 12 races of Three people going at, going at each other. You've got twelve match races happening on all on the same day. They're banking on that being a huge a huge deal. Um, so um, yeah, I, I I think we have to be open and I, and I'm with you. Like you know, the, I, I think um, and thank you so much for for mentioning Steph and and Wits up. Uh, that was uh, I, I don't know if devastating. News. I'm, I'm not sure that we're all totally surprised, but that was really sad news uh, to see for sure. Um, but I think, you know, this kind of thing plays into it. Uh, so instead of people going to first off the bike to Triathlon Magazine Canada to Wits Up necessarily for all of their news and info, they're getting a lot of it right from the athletes. It's great for the athletes, but it makes it really hard for these uh, media outlets to to make a go at things. Um, but the media outlets are the watchdogs, right? We can't just say it's all going to come from the athletes. I think however long sport has to have been around, there have been people commenting on it. And, and journalists like yourself who are still involved up to your eyeballs in this sort of thing are desperately required as a neutral voice. Someone to say, you know what, hey, you know, um, athlete Y did not perform well. Athlete B had a great race. I mean, we've got to call it as we see it. Professionals in triathlon are notoriously um, like apples. They bruise very easily um, and their egos get dented a lot. And I was on the end of a few managers calling me from when we called them out. This is back in the day. Even now, though, like there needs to be an independent media source that's not connected to a race that's not connected to an athlete and can look at something and say, hey, this is great for our sport or, hey, it's not or, or have you thought of? And there's independent journals floating around everywhere. You know, a lot of freelancers in triathlon, like the, you know, the, the, um, the Brad Culps of the world um, who likes to think he's very important. He's not. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there are those guys too, like the, the voice of reason, the arbiters of, you know, the, the Susan Lacks, those kind of people who are still writing freelance as well as for magazines. But, 
what we can see though is Ev, I, I'm, I'm really sensing a movement. Super League, um, you look at now the Collins Cup, you look at what we've just seen with the, the Battle Royale, et cetera, like this is all starting to be packaged properly. The Collins Cup, and at some point I, I dare say down the road we, we will get to this, but I can just say one thing about the Collins Cup, Kevin, is it's packaged like no other triathlon has been packaged. Kona has previews that are okay, but they're all centred around that one-day show. Never have we seen a lead-up like this from the Collins Cup, from the PTO, who have said, okay, we are doing a managed direct marketing campaign where we are going to engage people on as many platforms as we can and we're not going to show them garbage. We're not going to show them footage. It's really, really weak. We're going to give them amazing looks at this sport and the athletes that are involved. It's quite interesting to see how this dynamic is evolving. Oh, for sure. I, yeah, absolutely. The PTO is knocking it out of the ballpark. You know, it's amazing what money will do, right? When you've got you've got the investment um, in there. Um, and yeah, I, I 100% hear you that we need those independent voices, but those independent voices are struggling to make a living because, you know, I, I was a few years ago at the Challenge Championship sitting next to a pro um, and was saying, yeah, you know, we're, we're struggling to... to get things out because people are happy to get their info from Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, she looked at her phone and saw the top three at a race and said, and, and I said, so is that all that you need? And she said, yep, I won't look at a story about that. And, no. you know, I kind of went, I rest my case. So, um, you know, and, and this is, so anyway, we have to figure out um, how that whole process works. And, you know, Hey, I loved, um, you know, I love Paul and Hella. Um, they did an amazing job with the coverage of the, the Tribe Battle Royale. Um, mm. But it was very evident that they were cheerleaders um, in that in that coverage, right? Like they weren't they weren't there to um, to point out, yeah, you know, Lionel is not in this race. <laughs> like, no, and that's the problem, though. That's the problem. It's they never pick the right talent. Right, they're all bubbly and, and great, and they're wonderful. But objectively, you've got to take your pro hat off because if you're commentating on a, a professional sporting event, not amateurs, because they're not paid to do it. But if you're commentating on someone who's paid to do that, you've got to be object. And this has been the problem, I think, with Kona and their coverage for many years, is that no one's objective. No one's going. You know what? He's having a dud. He is absolutely rubbish today. They're also scared of what's going to come back to them. Because we're such a small sport, and well, it's not that I just—you say they're in a bad race. It's not the same. It's a different thing. Yeah, no, but I think the—I think ultimately, uh, Phil, it comes down to who's paying for the coverage. Kona pays for that coverage, right? Like they're buying mm -hmm. the time on NBC. So, um, and you know, this was the same thing here for the Tri Battle Royale. Like they were picking up the tab for all of this, so they're going to, you know. They're, it's in their interest to make sure it all stays positive, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, it's not positive, though, is it? I mean, it's not not everything in sport is. You know, it, you know. So LeBron misses a, a free throw to win a game, and the world knows about it, and he's a dud. You know, they give him what fall for it. You know, and there'll be the the defenders and the you know and the attackers and all that, and, and there'll be this huge diatribe on social media about whether he should have sunk that shot. But people will call it and say, "Hey, man, he should have. He does it every day." You know, yeah. whether once you go out and win a race or perform well, 
we, we need to call that as well, don't we? A- absolutely. I, and I, I feel the same way that you do. I'm just trying to point out this is how we get to where we are, right? Mm. So, you know, when, when, um, when, you know, CBS, ABC, NBC, um, all of the, you know, the big American guys are uh, broadcasters are playing, are paying literally billions of dollars to watch that, uh, for people to watch that stuff. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to call things as they see it. Um, but when when the people who own the race are the ones who are picking up that tab, they have a, they have a, buy, a, a an interest in how everything is portrayed. Hmm. So, I get that. I think I think they did well with Kona. I mean, by putting that that production together every single um, every single year at Kona, you know, they did that that hour where they do that, and it's all you know. And is it who was the guy who narrated it? Was it Al Troutwick? Yep. I wanted him to narrate my day for once, <laughs> just one day. Just follow me around, narrate the day, man. Um, you know that that they did it really well. They're very clever, right? They they said, right, we have an hour on on NBC or a big network. Let's make this thing pop. And they shot it beautifully and it was dramatic and it was, you know, all the things. I mean, I it captured my attention. Rick and Dick Hoyt in 1989, I sat down and watched it and was mesmerised by the story that was unfolding. Scott Molina in 88 getting carted off, watching 87 and Mark Allen bleeding out of the nose or the puncture and that, you know, all that stuff is, is magic to me. And as a kid, I saw it and it stopped me. And it made me want to do triathlon and be involved in that sport that created these sorts of, you know, um, people. But uh, now, you know, in the live racing aspect, when you're calling something live at a sport, and, and, you know, again, I've done over 100 and something triathlons, so there's some knowledge here, not a lot, but some, um, you know, you've got to call it. You've got to just say, hey, you know, you're not a bad person. You said a rubbish race, you know, not for you. You've got to, you can't be bruise-free commentary. It doesn't work like that. You've got to not be disparaging, but you've got to also say, hey, old mate's 25 minutes back or he's 20 minutes back or he's, you know, had a really bad swim. It's not going well for him. Rather than, hey, it's awesome, here he comes. Like, well, here he comes, geez. You know, there is a way to do it. Um, And, and, and again, I think the talent that they use at Kona is fantastic. I like the talent. I just think they're used incorrectly, right? And I I want to preface that because I don't want to be, you know, Rubbing, rubbishing anyone's work because they all given it a fair whack. But I like to see someone sort of in that anchor. They're all amazing colorists. You know, they can paint the color. They just need someone to bring it all together and, and anchor it. You know, I think that they need a bit more of that. And look, Liggett for the Collins Cup. Um, you know, yeah, will certainly fit that role for sure. Yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll- probably not awesome on triathlon, but boy, he will anchor that and make it sound amazing. He, you know, I always look at golf how they cover golf, and I just think they're so even and they're very learned and there's dudes out on the course and they'll talk about what they know, but they'll also say, here, he's in the bushes and he's in trouble. Yeah. You know? um, I don't know. Maybe we need a bit of that to sort of marry that with what we're up to. Yeah. No, I I, I think and I my vision is that we'll see that at the Collins Cup. You know, they – um, I'm not sure that I'm a fan of what is that, the the spoked wheel or the broken spoke prize? No, I'm, but you know this it's going to exactly what you're talking about it's calling out the the people who don't have a good day 
right? That sounds like a bad club, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like a bad club? Um, it just sounds to me like a you know, like an old tri club thing that they do. You know, like oh yeah, the broken spoke this year. You know, it just eh, I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, but I think it is at least a move to what you are talking about to ensuring that it's not all you know peace and harmony, and and you know we're talking about racing and and that kind of stuff. Well, and and in the Tour de France, as we've just seen, you know that debacle for three weeks. Um, don't get me started on that, Kevin. Um, but we saw the Latin Rouge, the last runner in the tour is given that. And, you know, it's almost like a badge of honor these days. So maybe it'll grow to something like that and we can all have a laugh and go, you're not the Lantern Rouge because the rusty nail or the broken spoke or whatever you are, and, you know, that's on you. So following to this, did Patrick Lange call out the uh, Tri-Battle Royale and Jan Frodeno on the weekend? <laughs> a little shot across the bounds maybe, you know. <laughs> He did mention on, I mean, you're, I know you're well across social media. You're a social media doyen. Um, uh, yeah, you know, hardly. Yeah, you work Twitter machine. <laughs> but he did call out, didn't he? Um, what was the quote? Something like, I want a real race on the weekend or something like that. Yeah, so that set a new course record at the Trumer Triathlon in Austria and um, a real race with, uh, you know, great competition and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, it was, it was an interesting one. I, I agree. I, again, I'm just like, dude, this was this was a show. This was completely separate. Jan is quite happy to race you in, in Kona. Like, leave it be, but, in, in my mind. I don't know. I'd like to pull the tail. I think Lung has got, obviously, the pedigree to pull the tail. First, we'll be able to, you know, talk and walk, right? So if it was me sitting there doing that, then, you know, Fredena's going to come and find me with a piece of wood. But... Um, the way this runs, this is great. I, I like it. I like a bit of theatre, and, and I hate manufactured rivalry. I cannot stand it. I just think it's it, it doesn't work. You know, there's got to be a real rivalry. There's got to be either a dislike or an incident or a, just a plain out "I want to beat you at all costs" kind of thing. And I like that kind of stuff. This screams a bit more authentic too. You know, there's not it's not a you know sponsored ad attached to it. It's just a dude going having a, a quick shot while he can. Um, and and uh, look, I think you take him. I mean, plenty of people do. Plenty of people do. I mean, follow Starkovitz for long enough, and he was chirping about something else this week about maybe he should. What do you, he wrote something about maybe I should uh, start, you know, um, broadcasting every little thing I do. And I'm like, well, maybe you should, mate. Maybe you should get involved in that sort of stuff. You know. Anyway, it, it is something that people do love. All right, so uh, <clears throat> rounding things out for today, Olympics coming up. Um, your thoughts, uh, men go in our time, uh, Sunday here in Canada, I think it's Sunday at five, the women Monday at five, and then the relay is the 30th, I think. So uh, a few days after that. And um, I am really excited about the Olympics if they are still able to go off. Uh, yeah, know, that's why we're going crazy through the uh, Olympic Village right now. Um, what are your thoughts? My chief concern is to go ahead. That's, you know, 100% where I am. Um, I'm hopeful it is. Um, my concern would be, obviously, as you said, like they're in a state of emergency at the moment, Tokyo. They're in a state of emergency, which means things are, you know, really, really on a knife's edge. And I think, too, it's not so much about the, you know, it's about the public health and about the well-being of the country and about all these people jetting in who are apparently okay. But we've seen already two positive tests for COVID in the village along with some really weird cardboard beds. Did you see that? 
<laughs> do they think people only, you know, have relations when they're in a bed? Oh, come on, man. Um, I, I, weird. Anyway, it's going to be a huge every year. It's all every Olympics. It's always good. Every Olympics. The reason I love it is because it's one day. You, should, you get to peak for two hours every four years if you're Olympian and that's your bag. You get two hours every four years. How can you not love that? How can you not love that idea? It's why it cracks me every year when they do these cumulative points for the, um, you know, for the um, ITU world title. I don't know. For world triathlon title, I'm going back a few Yeah, years. there you go. Right. They, I know. Jesus. Why are they doing the cumulative? versus a one day when the the biggest award you can win in, in triathlon is um, a gold medal. I remember asking for Dino this back in the day when I said to him, would you have rather won or the other? He said, Olympics. And then he looked at me like I was some idiot, which he did regularly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, hey, I, I, again, I come back to, I guess I'm being my Canadian on the fence. Uh, I come oh, back God. to both, both have their, both have their strengths, right? So, you know, like uh, the F1, Formula One, I, I'm guessing you get excited about watching all of the series of races as they work towards the title. Now, yes. I find that boring as sin once, you know, somebody wins the first six races and then it's, yawn the rest of the rest of the season right like um so it certainly keeps the excitement going for the individual races when you have that cumulative thing going uh but i also yeah that's what i love about kona that's what i love about the olympics it's mm -hmm. man because you know i never dealt with pressure super well when i was a when i was a pro triathlete um you know i really struggled with that kind of thing and i just love being able to watch the people yeah. who can handle that kind of stuff. Like to me, they, they are just amazing. The Jan Fredanos of the world, um, you know, um, uh, there's got to be a woman's equivalent. Well, Daniela Reef, um, Lucy Charles Barkley. Uh, it just amazes me the way they can handle the pressure. And that to me is what's uh, even almost most exciting about the Olympics is just watching that whole dynamic. And that's the talent, isn't it? The talent is, yeah, it is the event, obviously, and the athletic talent, but the mental talent for this is massive. The, the build-up, trying to tune yourself for that right day and, and then you get, yeah, you get that one swing at it where, you know, you can be an Olympic champion for the rest of your life. I mean, you can be world champions come and go each year. Yeah. World records come and go all the time. You know, every single athlete I've ever asked that question to, would you rather be an Olympic champion or what you're up to now? You know, from you know, the great swimmers like Kieran Perkins, the great 1,500-metre swimmer in 1992 in Barcelona, like going below 15 minutes, you know. I did a radio interview with him. Side note, he didn't like me. <laughs> this, can I just quickly tell you, there's a, there's a photo okay, of me. Okay, here we go, yeah. There's, there's a photo of me interviewing him when I was really, really new to this, and I must have asked him something really stupid because the look on his face is just priceless. He's looking at me like, you moron. But everyone says Olympic title. They want that Olympic title. They want the gold medal. Look at the Fredino household, Snowson on one side and him on the other. They've got a pair. They put them on the edge of the, uh, the bench, no doubt. Um, you know, it, it is that one moment of glory that you can have, that you forever have. You know, like look at the, um, you know, the, the I guess the, the build-up to these races. You know, who can win? To be honest with you, anybody, like anybody on the day, can be there 
and have that, you know, it, where it all just goes to plan, you know, and that's the beauty about it. What are your thoughts on the course, though, Kevin? Because I've got, you know, I don't, I must admit, I'm not a massive fan of what they've put together. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not a huge, I'm not super familiar with the, with the Tokyo course. It doesn't, you know, obviously heat is the big factor there. Uh, for the test event um, a few years ago, like, like it, you know, it was just a matter of who can perform super well in the heat. It does not look to be particularly hilly. It's, uh, you know, reasonably technical. There were, you know, um, Katie Zafaris crashed um, in, in the test event two years ago. And that, you know, was the, the beginning of all of her challenges to, to get to Tokyo. It's amazing that, you know, that the U.S. team ended up picking her, which was, you know, I, I don't know. I would have had to, I would have hated to have had to make that call, make that call, but um, I'm really glad that they did. Um, so uh, yeah, I, th I think it, it's not a, um, I think it's going to be a course where, exactly what I was talking about. The, the people who can handle the pressure can come through, right? Like it's not, it's not a course that um, super favors one type of athlete over another. Um, and so you're going to have to, to come through. Um, and so I'll be fascinated in the women's race. I'm dying to see if we're going to see a Flora Duffy, Taylor Nib, uh, Maya Kingma, Three woman breakaway, um, go clear and and try and get off for the medals, and um, then you know, do you have the Nicholas Spirig train hauling, hauling the the rest of the women or the other contenders up? Um, that's what we we sort of envisioned was going to happen, something similar to that in 2016, and then Nicola had an amazing swim and it was right up with the front group almost from the get go, um, so. You know, this is where you sort of have these visions of what might happen. But yeah, I'm dying to see if Flora can uh, could get a three woman breakaway going. The word is she's the word is that she is in the same kind of scenario that Vincent Louis is in, in the men's race. That um, you know she's running so well right now that she could be quite happy to um, you know let this come down to a run as well, and um, as long as it's a hard bike. So going to be very interesting. And as I said, in the men's race, I think everybody's trying to figure out how to make Vincent Louis uncomfortable. Um, and um, I know Canada has, they have dialed in their domestique strategy. Um, I, I've been on record since 92 <laughs> when I was the elite athlete rep for triathlon Canada that, you know, Hey guys, when we bring in draft legal racing, this is how old I am. You know, I, I raced before it was legal. Um, and uh, I said, this is what we're going to have. We're going to have team team racing. Um, and we have that for sure. And um, it's not my, you know, not originally my thing, but hey, if this is the way it's going to go, Canada has it dialed in right now. Matt Sharp, I guarantee you, Matt Sharp will have Tyler Mislachuk in a perfect position at the end of the bike to duke things out on the run as they did in the Tokyo test event. And so... It does. I mean, it does work. The domestique. It, it does work, but it, it, it's too many. There are. I mean, there are a number of variables in it. You know, domestique and cycling works because of two reasons. A, they all start on the same level. They don't have to swim because the swim does mess that domestique arrangement up. If there's a break going up the road, then you know, and your domestique doesn't get on, 
then you're in trouble. The other thing too is that there's also eight dudes on a Tour de France team, so there's a lot of lot, lot more um, <laughs> hands to help. So you know, um, but I do understand how valuable the domestique can be, um, and how if you have it dialed in right, as you said, and and they all come out in the same pack, or you know, as where they can get into that front group, and he can affect the race. And whether that's chasing someone down, keeping everything together, you know, obviously they'll have their plans. But it can, it, it's such a variable thing. Um, I think Spirit wins the women's one. I'm going to go on the record with that. And I will apologise now because my record of picking gold medalists sucks. I'm horrible at it. Um, but I think she's going to win. I just, that I have heard, it just, it came to me in an epiphany on Twitter. And I said, she's going to win. Uh, you saw the same picture I saw of uh, yeah. the most yeah. rich looking Nicholas Spirit. <laughs> Um, and like finishing up her final track workout. And um, yeah, and here's the, so somebody point, I was talking to somebody about this the other day and and um, and he said, um, yeah, I sure hope she's pr not pregnant for the third straight Olympics. I did not know this, that the last two Olympics, she's been five or six weeks pregnant when wow. she's won gold and, and won silver. Um, yeah. You know, like, uh, but yeah, she looks... Uh, looks like she's totally ready to go. Yeah, you'd be crazy to bet against Nicholas Berg, uh, for sure. Um, I, you know, I think it's going to be a super exciting race. Um, you've got, but you have you have so many different scenarios that could play out. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Would you? Be, I, don't, I made that mistake. Yeah, I like. There is a chance that you could see an all British podium in the women's race. All three of those women are capable of meddling in the race, uh, in the race scenario. Um, you know, or we could see, you could see my, as I said, that three woman uh, breakaway on the bike, Maya Kingna, Taylor Nib, uh, Flora Duffy. I watched, I watched Flora bring Taylor along at the Edmonton WTS a bunch of years ago. I was like, okay, here you can be my, my uh, co-breakaway person for the day. Um you know, they came off the bike with a two and a half minute lead or whatever. Um, Flora well, dropped her yeah. in the last lap, and you know, Flora's been the favorite too prior to Olympics. You know, her and Gwen Jorgensen were supposed to duke it out until it didn't happen. But you know, I said Flora was going to smash Jorgensen. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, so. that didn't that did not quite work out. Um, so yeah, and. Uh, you know, it's certainly um, interesting. It would have been very interesting to see had Gwen continued in try versus running. Um, you know, I think um, it's amazing the headway that she's made on the running front. But, um, you know, unfortunately for her, not quite able to to get back to the Olympics in the marathon or 5 or 10K. But, uh, you know, certainly uh, will be interesting to see if we see her on the running front in 2024. Yeah, and the mixed team relay too is – the egg and spoon race of triathlon. Um, <laughs> I, I like it. I do like it. I'm not always the cynic people. Um, I don't mind it. It's it's nice. To, it, it is always exciting, isn't it? I mean, it is fun and, oh. and it changes and it's dynamic. And and you know what? Anything that gives the sport another medal, I'm all for. Yeah, my only the only thing that I'm a little worried about is that we're going to see a crop load of dropouts. Um, you know, there's there's been a number of teams that have made it. Well, Canada's, um, you know, or Canada's uh, qualifying criteria. Um, the original the original way that all came down, um, our women were not eligible to race in the individual race. Uh, they were uh, 
um, they had only qualified for the relay. Now, luckily enough, that got that got changed around, which is great. But um, I don't think we're the only country in that boat. I think there's, uh, you know, I've heard rumors that, um, you know, that there are a number of countries that their women are, if they're not in contention at the end of the bike, they won't be running um, to yeah. rest themselves for the um, uh, for the relay, uh, which to me is a monstrous shame. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I I would have preferred to see um, rules put in place that people need to <laughs> all be yeah. in that individual race, et cetera. But yeah. I think the World Triathlon will get that stuff figured out and uh, we'll go from there. And yeah, bottom line, going to be super exciting. Um, you're crazy to race or to bet against uh, France. They've won the last three world championships. Uh, they have a monstrously stacked team, but um I don't know. I think your Aussie crew could do well and uh, Team Canada, you know, at best fifth at the Worlds, but I think they could they can be in this mix. Yeah, I'm going to be one of those uh, commentators you hate. Oh, come on. It's um it, it's I think that they they um it's a very good event and it's it's something that, you know, it will provide some excitement. Um and it's kind of that sort of, you know, that short shift setup of sports that people can consume, you know. I mean, you look at what's happening at the, you know, in the in the Olympics this year with surfing coming on board. Come on, Australia! Um, and we've got, uh, you know, rock climbing, speed rock climbing, and you know, like in BMX, obviously, because it's. I mean, watching BMX is fun. It's just a fun fifteen second. You know, it's and as you said earlier in this little show here that. You know, people are used to scrolling. They don't want to sit and read in the long form. They don't want to do if they can be mesmerised. And there's so much happening with a mixed relay. It's a good thing, you know. Like the last thing we ever need is a repeat of the London triathlon, um, Olympic triathlon. You know, when they rolled around, I went to sleep for 40 minutes during the bike and then watched the 10K run. We don't need that. We need something a bit more to showcase the sport and let's hope that we get that for the Olympics where we get a really good show, we get some really good racing um, and we get some close results and, and we don't just sort of see something roll out normally. I mean, it's your one shot, you know, in four years. Let's hope everybody's on point to get it. Yeah, I, I can't imagine we are going to uh, to see that. Um, and, you know, I think there's... Um... Yeah, I can't imagine that will be the case, but yes, I'm with you. Crossing my fingers. Well, we will chat after the uh, after the Olympics, Phil, and uh, we will see how we all do. Great to be back uh, chatting with you here this morning, Phil, and um, best of luck with uh, all of the craziness down in Australia right now. Good luck with the uh, the COVID craziness, as I call it. No worries. Thanks for having me, mate, and look forward to uh, catching you next week. Thank you. I'm Kevin McKinnon, editor of Triathlon Magazine Canada. He's Phil Rockna, expert and knowledge meister of everything triathlon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to The Life of Tri. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Tri.